bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otobiel. And now, today's word. How many of you want to know God's will for your life? Okay, Charisma just sang it, I want to know your way. That's American. In Ghana we say, I want to know your way, but wanna what to, same thing. I'm going to speak on issues related to knowing God's will, and I've titled my message, Light for Your Path light for your path god wants to guide us god wants to show us his way god wants to direct us he is willing to guide us and we are capable of receiving his guidance decision making is very important is very crucial to our lives because there is a principle of life called the principle of sowing and reaping that simply says that whatever you sow you shall reap actions produce reactions cause produce effect and so if we are going to have good causes and good effects and reap good things then the decisions we make must be right the quality of our decisions impact on the quality of life we lead. So I trust that today as we approach God's word that you will find something that will help you to make good decisions so you can have a good life. Turn with me in your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, chapter number 48, and I'm going to read verses 17 to verse number 19. Isaiah chapter 48, verses 17 to verse number 19. Isaiah is after Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon is after Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes is after Proverbs. Proverbs is after Psalms. Psalms is after Job. Job is after Esther. So if you find any of those friends of yours, you'll find Isaiah. All right, Isaiah chapter 48 verses 17 to 19. Let's hear the reading of God's word. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. All that you would have heeded my commandments, then your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Your descendants also have, would have been like the sand, and the offspring of your body like the grains of sand. His name would not have been cut off nor destroyed from before me. I want you to take particular note of the verse number 17, and there are two phrases I want you to underline in verse number 17. The first one is the phrase, teaches you, or who teaches you. And the second one is, who leads you. Underline them in your Bible. 
There are two forms of God's guidance represented in that verse. Two forms. The first one is he teaches us. Part of God's guidance includes teaching us. And the image of teaching here is of a master correcting his apprentice so he can perform more profitably. The teaching here is not of a teacher writing on a blackboard so that the, the students can learn, but it's a master and apprentice. And you know that masters and apprentices, when the teaching goes on, it's not removed, it's hands-on. The master is there, he tells the apprentice, do this and do that and take this out and put that in. And when you make a mistake, he, he will scream on you, he will shout on you. But he, when, when you listen to that teaching, you become a very good practitioner of your trade. When we talk about God teaching us, we are talking about his direct contact with us to guide us, to lead us, to instruct us and to help us to perform very well. So God's guidance comes in the form of his teaching us. It's hands-on. The second thing you will find about God's guidance in that passage is that he leads us. This has the image of somebody who is a guide, like a tour guide, who takes the lead and asks you to follow. You may not be directly close to him, but you can always see where he's going and you can follow. So God gives us hands-on instruction and he also gives us direction. He shows us the way. He is our guide. And so when we talk about light for our path or God guiding us, it could be in the form of teaching, instructing, and it can also be in the form of showing the way, guiding us to make the right decisions. And in the passage we read, verses 18 and 19 tells us about the benefits of God's guidance. And it gives us about four of them that, that indicate the benefits of God's guidance. When we follow God's guidance, there are benefits to us and those benefits are useful to our lives. They enhance our lives. They make our lives better. When you follow God's guidance, you don't become a loser. You gain. It's beneficial. The first one that the, the psalmist mentioned is peace. When you follow God's guidance, you have peace. He says your peace would have been like a river. It will flow, flowing peace, flowing and growing and yielding strength to strength. Peace. And you know, when, when the Hebrew talks about peace, they are not talking about absence of trouble. They are talking about a sense of well-being. Everything being sound in your life. When we follow God's guidance, we have this peace that brings soundness, correctness in our lives. The second benefit of God's guidance is righteousness. He says your righteousness would have been like the waves of the sea if you followed God's guidance. You, you, you would have the fruit of righteousness. Righteousness which is a strength. 
Righteousness of character, integrity of character, which is a strength, which is a force, which is powerful. And number three, he says, you would have increased, your descendants would have been like the sand of the sea and your offspring of your body like the grains of sand. When we follow God's guidance, we receive growth and increase. Growth and increase. That's the third benefit of God's guidance. There is improvement. There is development. There is progress. There is growth. There is increase. You can measure your life before you obeyed God and then look at after you obeyed God and the result you will see is that your life has improved. Because we serve a God of growth, we serve a God of increase, and we serve a God who is interested in improving the quality of our lives. God wants to improve the quality of your life. He wants you to multiply on every side. He wants you to break forth on every side. He wants you to, to, to expand and to excel in all that you do. And we get that through his guidance. And number four, the fourth blessing is preservation. He says his name would not have been cut off nor destroyed before me. If you follow God's guidance, your name will not be cut off and you will not be destroyed. When we say that a person's name has been cut off, it implies that the person has been brought to shame and disgrace. It gives the impression of somebody whose name has been cancelled in a register. Something has happened and a person's name has been deleted from the register. When we follow God's guidance, our names will never be deleted from God's register. We will never be canceled out. When God gives you a blessing, your name will not be canceled. You will not sow for another man to come and reap your benefits. Because your name will not be cut off. And you will be preserved. You will be protected. So you find out that guidance from God, his teaching and his leading produces great benefits. And that's why it's important that as, as we, we engage ourselves in life and make decisions, we don't just rely on our own understanding and just decide to make decisions because we feel that's what we want to do or something feels good or something seems to be right. Sometimes something that seems to be right today can be very, very wrong. There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is the way of death. I'm not sure whether you've experienced it before, where you made a decision and you were very, very convinced you were right, and it produced the most unpalatable consequences in your life. But it seemed to be right. You felt good about it. Everything about it seemed to be pointing to the, to the direction that it was going to be okay. Or probably you, you, somebody gave you a business proposal and told you you were going to have so much money in a short time, you're going to have a lot of percentage increases. And you felt good about it, you jumped about it, you invested your money, and you got burned. If you had followed the guidance of God, you would have been preserved and your name would not have been cut off. 
in many areas of our lives, we need to make godly decisions. When it comes to important areas like marriage, it's not just a matter of love. By now, everybody who is married knows what I'm talking about. It's not just a matter of feel good. Because the feel good lasts only for a very short time. Then the reality comes in. And sometimes reality is, is like a nightmare con in, in contrast to your dreams. When the person you married turns totally opposite of your expectation. The woman has become a tiger and the man has become a lion. And you're devouring each other. And yet you made a decision to marry. Of all the billions of people in the world, you chose one and it was wrong. All right. There are some basic rules we must observe when we want to seek God's guidance. And there are three of them I'll bring to your notice. If you want God's guidance, these are the underlining principles, the fundamental assumptions we must approach God with. Number one is that seeking guidance with no intention of obedience is self-deception. You deceive yourself. If you want to seek God, but you don't have intention to obey. Now many of us, we seek God as part of a process of determining what we think is best for us. So we will, we will seek God's guidance, we will seek our friend's guidance, we will seek newspaper guidance, we will read some book to get guidance, and then we look at all those guidance and then determine which one makes us feel good. And we do them. And sometimes, seeking God's guidance, we seek it, but we don't want to obey. If you really want to seek God's guidance, you must be ready to obey. I tell people, especially when it comes to an area like marriage, if you decide on whom you want to marry, don't pray about it again. You've decided. So what are you praying about? You met the man or you met the woman and you decide, I love her, I will marry her, I don't care what. Oh Lord, I pray that you guide me to know whom to marry. <laughs> so once you've made your decision, go ahead and implement your decision. Because if you want to seek God's guidance, you must be open to obedience. If you're not ready to obey, don't pray about it. In every area, you want to buy the land already and you are praying that God will guide you to know whether you should buy or not. You can't get guidance. So the first thing about obey, uh, seeking God's guidance is that we must be ready to obey. We must not think of guidance without obedience. Number two, guidance for the future comes with obedience in the present. If God tells you take step number one and you don't take step number one but you want to know what next step to take, you will never find guidance. Because God will lead you line upon line, 
precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. He leads us from glory to glory, step by step. So if in the past you disobeyed him, you will not receive guidance for him from the future. That's common sense. Is that not so? The person has not obeyed rule number one. Now you want to say rule number two. And rule number two is based on rule number one. Meanwhile, he hasn't obeyed rule number one. So guidance for the future is based on obedience for the present. Have you obeyed what God told you today or yesterday? So you have to check out. Are you walking in disobedience? Third fundamental rule for guidance. God's guidance will not always agree with our plans. That's clear enough from the scriptures. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. So if I want God's guidance, it may not always agree with my plans. Once in a while, God's guidance will agree with your plans. But most of the time, it doesn't agree. As far as the heavens are from the earth, so is his thoughts towards us. They are also very far away. So these are the fundamental, these are the ground rules. If you're going to seek guidance, you have to make sure that your attitude represents these three things we are talking about. You must be ready to obey. You must know that God's plans are not your plans. His ways are not your ways. You must know that the future obedience or the future guidance is based on present obedience. You cannot walk in disobedience and seek God's guidance. And many times we seek God's guidance and we feel God is silent and God is not speaking and, and God hasn't said anything and I don't know what to do. Now, would you guide somebody who is permanently disobedient to you? Would you guide somebody whom you know will not take your advice? Even we human beings, don't we do it? You have a friend, every time you advise him, he doesn't take it. Then he comes to sit in front of you one day and say, advise me. You look at him and you say, hmm, your case, hmm, I can't say anything about it. It's so perplexing. I'm thinking about it. And you know you're not thinking about it. You just don't want to say anything because you know he would never obey. Now, if you humans behave that way, what about God who knows the intentions of our hearts and knows you would not obey, obey? You've already decided you are going after that one. And now you are praying in church and praying and, and praying in tongues very, very, very piously and hoping that God will guide you. He won't guide you. He won't guide you. Close the book and go and do your own thing. God's guidance to us can be both natural and supernatural. When God is guiding us, it can, sometimes it's natural. He can use natural things to guide us and sometimes it's supernatural. There are five ways of discovering God's will. Five ways. You may find other ways, but I, I discovered five main ways. Number one is biblical insight. God guides us primarily through his written, written word. When we understand the word of God, we know the general will of God. You know what God's general intentions are. But the fact that you know God's general intention does not mean you know his specific will. Because within the general, there are specific things. God wants me generally, if you are a believer, 
God wants you to marry somebody who shares your beliefs. That's a general thing. Somebody who shares your beliefs. Why does God want you to marry somebody who shares your beliefs? Because your actions are based on your beliefs. If I marry somebody who doesn't share my beliefs, you're going to have conflict because my core behavior is based on what I believe. If, for example, I believe that every month I should give a tenth of my income as tithe to God, and I go to marry somebody who doesn't believe that, can you imagine the tragedy in the family? One person says, I believe we must tithe. The other one says, we must, we must not tithe. We work for our own money and we must keep it and we'll spend it the way we want. So there's conflict. So it's important that we marry people who share our core beliefs. But there are many people who share our core beliefs. So for example, if you want to marry, the Bible says you marry somebody who share your beliefs. So yes, there are many people who share your beliefs. But you can't marry all of them. You must marry one. So there is general guidance. God says you must marry people who share your beliefs. But specifically, which one of those? That specific will. But at least you must get the general will of God right. And that comes from your understanding of the Bible. If you don't have biblical insight, you would even make bad decisions right from the start. Or God says you shall not lie. And somebody comes and tells you that he, he wants to uh, give you a contract, but you know the way the contract is, you have to change them, some document, and change your name, and you have to falsify this, and then you have to do this and that and that. And, and when you do that, uh, you, then you can get the, the opportunity. The heavens will open, the breakthrough will come. Now you don't even go to pray about that. Because you know God's general rule, thou shalt not lie. Or you're going to America and somebody says you have to use another person's passport. And you are praying, God, should I go or should I not go? Thou shall not lie. Thou shall not bear false witness. Two laws you are breaking instantly. So yes, you can, you can go and use that and go to America, but you are on your own. Because don't go and say, well, it's the Lord who brought me to America. No, you brought yourself. So biblical insight is the fundamental basis for guidance. Secondly, is prayerful consideration. Prayerful consideration. Prayerful consideration. When you have biblical insight, you have to pray and prayerfully consider the options. Prayerfully. Prayerful consideration sometimes takes long because, you know, when you're seeking guidance from God, it doesn't, it's not like a miracle. A miracle can be instantaneous. Guidance most of the time is not instantaneous because God is working with your feelings, he's working with your emotions, he's working with your intellect, he's working with your will, and he has to help you to align everything together in one direction. So it takes time for your will to be submitted to him. You know, Jesus Christ many times uh, in, in the Bible, Jesus prayed only once and miracles happen. 
The only time he prayed twice is when there was a blind man. The Bible says Jesus prayed for him once. And Jesus says, do you see? The man says, I see men on the street. Jesus prayed for him the second time and his eyes opened. That one he prayed twice. But almost every time in the Bible, Jesus prayed once for answer. When he was in the garden of Gethsemane, he didn't pray once. He prayed three times over and over and over. As a matter of fact, more than three times. He only went back to the disciples three times. Right? He prayed over and over. And he was praying over one thing. Father, if it is your will, let this cup of pass over me. Not my will, but yours be done. And he prayed it over and over. Why did he have to pray over and over? Because when you are seeking guidance, your will must be aligned to God's will. And if your will is not aligned, your, your, your prayerful consideration will not produce the results. That's why prayerfully, you pray about something until God is able to shift you from self-centeredness to see his will for your life. So there is prayerful consideration. Third, advice from mature Christians. Sometimes you receive guidance from advice from mature Christians. In a multitude of counselors, there is safety, the scripture says. So you find somebody who is mature. And, you know, it can be very tricky because sometimes people who appear mature are not mature. Just because somebody is, holds a church position doesn't mean he's mature. And just because somebody has been in the church for a long time doesn't mean he's mature. And just because somebody speaks in tongues more than all men doesn't mean he's mature. Maturity is demonstrated by character. So if, for example, you are a young lady, you want to marry, and you see an elder man in the church whom you've known, he's nice, he comes to church and he seems to be a nice person, and you go to him and you say, um, uh, Mr. So-and-so, brother so-and-so, uncle so-and-so, uh, whatever title you give him, I, I'm a young person and so many men like me, and uh, I, I want to know which one to marry. And the man says, um, I, I know how to help you. Come and see me uh, quietly. Let's go to this hotel at 6 o'clock, and uh, uh, I, I will do some, some spiritual purification on you. Right there, you know he's not mature. He's old, but not mature. Maturity is character. If my character does not line up with the Bible, I'm not mature. I may be a preacher and not be a mature Christian. So when we talk about mature Christian, we are talking about character. When you have doubts about somebody's character, don't seek his advice. Because advice is very crucial. And people who are not mature can derail you by the advice they give you. So look for mature Christians. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebil, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebil. Email otebil at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.